Hi, this is Lauren Thomas, podcast coordinator for the Queen's Journal. On this episode of The Scramble, I have the pleasure of sitting down for an interview with Nana, a fifth-year computer science student who's gone yay in electric beats, are redefining Kingston's music scene. This podcast episode features music clips from his latest EP, entitled How the West Was Won as well as an exclusive taste of his unreleased song, I Cannot Run, So I Stayed. To enjoy Nana's full musical performance, be sure to check out our latest journal sessions video on our socials and at queensjournal.ca. My name is Nana, uh, lowercase for the period. Born and raised in Ghana in West Africa. Uh, moved to Toronto in December 2013. And then from there, I came to Kingston. I started making music, I guess. Well, I started writing music like as a kid, just for jokes, but then officially making music in Toronto and then more seriously as a solo artist uh, when I finally moved to Kingston. What is your creative process while developing and producing your music? My process has changed a bit as I've grown as an artist. Um, I, it used to be... Like the the most hard, the hardest thing that I, for me was to write lyrics and stuff. I was pretty good with coming up with melodies and everything. And as like my style has developed, my first single, Darkness, was more of a hip hop slash R and B vibe. Um, and that was fairly easy to make because I like I had little notes on my phone. I would always like anytime I'm out and about, I would like and have like a lyric pop in my head. I'd just write it down on my phone. And then after I produced a beat for that um, song, I just like play it and then go through my phone, sing lyric for lyric, which one kind of fits, darkness fit. Um, and then that's how that song was made. But then two songs down the line, I became more focused on the instrumentalization of the song. Um, and because I wasn't, like, it was hard for me to write lyrics anyway, so I just kind of put that on the back burner a little bit and chose to spread the, the message more through the music. I would call myself a composer and I would compose um, more instrumental pieces and have just the music be, just the vocals be like a guiding block and just something to remind you about what the theme is and stuff. Right now, um, I kind of have a new process that I've been working on over the last three years. And it's basically um, writing like a series of short stories of or essays and stuff like that, talking about the whole theme. Well, for like an album, which is what I'm working on. Um, a series of like short stories and essays talking about the whole theme of the album um, and then working on the instrumentals or an instru- or the songs for every single theme that I have for the album. Um, and then from there, the lyrics is, are quite easy because I already have a lot of written words um, there that I can pull from. So that's kind of the process now. That one is a bit more like theory heavy because it's just writing for like 90% of it. Um, but that's okay. Like, I have a lot uh, on my mind. That's awesome. Thank you.
explores themes of black liberation and suffering under corrupt political leaders, with special focuses on major events across Africa and the terrors of the white savior complex. What is your hope for how your work impacts its listeners around the world? Very good question. I hope that people are inspired enough to be the changes in their little communities. Um, I try to do that as much as I can. Um, but mostly the hope is to get the word out, like have people like hear the message and like, yeah, you know, like things have got to change and like we got to do some. So that's my goal. Um, also, just kind of like shedding light on certain situations. I used to be so dense in terms of like not knowing certain things that I don't know if dense is the right word. I used to be just not knowledgeable, very ignorant, I would say, um, until like I was educated by a few friends and people who are really close to me. So I hope I can like pass on that kind of message and that kind of inspiration. On your website, scarlet-ivy.com, you write about the process of creating your EP, How the West Was Won. You write, the vision for the song was almost there, but there was so much more I wanted to add, but couldn't because I couldn't play the instrument or couldn't play the instrument well enough. Could you describe how you overcame this obstacle in order to produce the music that you wanted to create? My vision for How the West Was Won was really big at the time that I came up with it. And even at the time when I was writing it, I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to pull it off because of, like like you said, a number of different things that I couldn't personally do. Um, but throughout the pandemic, uh, like I, I would, I, I knew the music that I wanted to have on the song. And what I would do is I would like sing, like I, I had my phone, sound recorded, I'd just play the song and then just like play the trumpet part, da 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 da. Um, and then I would send it, there's this service called Fiverr where you would just go online and find people to play instruments or do something for you for like five bucks. It's not always five bucks, it's just mostly inexpensive. So I found a couple of people on Fiverr and I sent them the uh the, the midi file for what i wanted it to sound like and i told them this is what you should do and then add a little bit of your own thing to it uh so i sent it to about three people and i used like what i got back from two of them um and it was pretty close to the vision but it wasn't quite there yet so i had to like cut up a little bit and you know change things around uh so that's how it came together i wish i had more like fine control on the whole thing like if we were all in one room it would be amazing but I just kind of had to work with you know the tools that I had and because of the pandemic I just kind of had to rely on that so but I think all in all it was a huge success um, and I would 100% do it again because uh, using that method of com composing music is fairly inexpensive and it produces good results in my opinion. You wrote on your website that in order to communicate to the musicians what uh, music and sound you're trying to produce, you would beatbox into your phone and send it to them. Uh, would you like to give us an example of sure. how you, yeah, would I tell people? <laughs> So it was like that. Uh, this was July 29th I recorded this. 
um, before I sent it off, I think in August sometime. Um, and then this, that's pretty much how it came together. I just a lot of this on, on the song and then, yeah. That's awesome. And, and, and now that I've heard that actual instrument, <laughs> he did a good job. <laughs> yeah, he really did. When you say you use the tools you had available to you, what computer software did you use to create um, your most recent EP? Um, I used Ableton, a pretty popular digital audio workstation. A lot of the song was done by, I think, September, most of the instrumental part. And I just had a few vocal ones that I wanted to record. So I went into my girlfriend's closet and I just went there and like recorded the vocals in there. <laughs> um, and then I kind of worked with that. Um, and yeah, it just it just kind of it just kind of worked out. I use the composition software in Logic also um, because it has a really nice view of like you know, the actual notes and stuff that you're playing. Um, and Audacity has been just a classic for me. It's just really simple, really simple. One of the many themes your work celebrates is hope among Black people around the world and Black resilience. What does hope mean to you? Yeah, I'll talk about the other side of that, um, which is the despair of kind of realizing that the things that we're um, fighting for were being fought for like years back. Um, but then hope is knowing that like as the generations move forward, there there is a little bit of pushback against the terrible things or terrible beliefs that we used to celebrate um, as the newer generation, as we get more newer generations, they become more of aware of the violence in the world and how people are treated around the world and they start to push back more against that. So even though like, unfortunately, like the people in in power are always going to be corrupt and stuff, there's a, there's hope that maybe the, the young people today might be the people in power um, in the future and then we can have like real change. So that's 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 what I'm that's what I'm hoping for. I'm curious, how has being a queen student and an artist located in the Kingston community impacted your work? Coming to Queens was the first time I realized that I was I lived a kind of privileged life before because even though I'm black and from Africa, I mostly grew up in a mostly black area. I was never the only black kid in a majority white institution. And I know a lot of queen, my Queens friends who their entire life growing up has been like that, growing in Oakville, different parts of Ontario and stuff like that. So for the first time, I was kind of able to really see other people's experiences and like know what it, what it was like. Um, not saying that I was like mistreated or anything here at Queens, but for the first time, like people's lived experiences were as close as they could be to me. And just being able to share in those experiences is kind of what um, opened my eyes into, um, you know, realize that, yeah, I was uh, in a quite a position of privilege before and kind of like working with that and coming to terms with that. And then, you know, trying to make amends and stuff in the ways that I can. Today, you are performing for our listeners different versions of The Protest and The Pain, songs from your previously released EP, How the West Was Won. How are today's versions different from your originals? 
And why did you make these creative decisions? The main difference is for me, the, the performance as a whole and the set and stuff is part of the performance and stylistic choice to wear the things that I wear or put up the things that I put up is all part of the message that I'm trying to send at that point, which I'm not able to convey when I just release a song. Um, but then the more that I do live performances, it's always going to be different from the version that you hear on like Spotify or something like that, because like the performance is like a chance for me to say more with it and the um, emotional aspect of it. What you hear on Spotify is like five takes, so I'm like more calm and stuff, but like performances is more raw and more emotional for me. So a lot of the times, I, sometimes I would freestyle in a mode of performance, like say a bunch of lyrics that aren't in the uh, um, original one because I feel like I have to say something or um, I would take something out. In this one, particularly, I just started it with like what I felt like was a prologue, um, an excerpt from Fela Kuti's Teach I Don't Teach Me Nonsense. And it was just like, for me, part of the message that I wanted to send. Teacher, teacher, oh, now I've been a lecturer, I'll be your name. Teacher, teacher, oh, now the lecturer be the same. Make you no teach me again, oh. As soon teaching finish, yes, that any don't die today, oh. As soon teaching finish, yes, that any don't die. Me and you no day for the same old category. Me and you no day for the same old category. Me and you no day for the same category. Me and you no day for the same category. Today we are excited and honored to have you perform an unreleased song for us. Let's talk about it and your production process. And what themes does this song explore? Yeah, so the working title is I Cannot Run So I Stayed. I wrote the song actually a while ago, but um, as my views have changed i kind of also changed the song as it goes so this song was kind of like more minimal and the lyrics are really sparse giving just gives you time to like think about certain things and um it's just like um the themes that i'm exploring is basically uh this feeling of like unable to escape somewhere and so you know just kind of living with it no no matter what happens and then uh, hopefully eventually like you learn to fight it or you know get uh, overcome you know some obstacles and stuff i kept the vibe kind of minimal and like almost lo-fi in this one um just to keep it more to give people more room to like think and uh, just breathe and stuff like i said it's more for me it's more of like the instrumental then the then the lyrics lyrics are important for sure but like the instrumentals is what gets you going so this is an unreleased track um it's called i cannot run so i stay See 
living in both lives You survived breathing slowly You survived There's nothing you owe me There's nothing to pay Attention is free Living in both sides, you survive. Breathing in slowly, you and I. There's nothing you owe me. There's nothing to pay. Attention is free. We opened this interview with the questions, who are you and where are you from? Now I'd love to ask you as an artist, where are you going? Where would you like to go? And what is next? For, for the longest times, uh, like I kind of didn't believe in music as a profession. And for good reason, I would say, because it's a lot, it's based on a lot, a lot of things. It's just based on all the luck and just succeeding in today's world is based on like connections and networking and stuff like that and much less talent and, I don't know, skill and stuff. Um, so I kind of convinced myself that no matter how much I tried, I wouldn't necessarily, there wasn't, it wasn't guaranteed I'd make it. But now, like, that feeling has gone and just replaced with the fact that I think I can make the music that inspired me to inspire other people. And so I am just now filled with more inspiration to write music. I usually don't write unless I'm inspired. But just over the last month, um, last month, over the last year, um, with the pandemic, the things that happened during the pandemic, the response, the government response, who recovered and all that has like kind of like shaped me. And it's given me a lot of like things to get off my chest. Um, that's where I'm going. Uh, the next the next thing I'm working on is uh, a longer LP. I'm still not decided on like the format it's going to take. It's definitely going to be longer and it might be a little bit more challenging to listen to, but I think it's even more important that people do. So look forward to that. <laughs> That's exciting to hear that in the future you're going to try and grow your inspiration onto other people because it seems like around campus you're already an inspirational, motivating um, person on campus. So I can't wait to see your art continue to do that. Thank you so much for your time with the Queen's Journal today. Now, before we sign off, please tell us where can our listeners explore more of your work? So the main place is to check out my website, scarlet-iv.com. Um, I try to release uh, all the songs on there. So maybe it might be there earlier than before. The way the website is currently is like the vision board for how the West was won for the next project that will probably change and like everything will change and stuff so if you want to experience the whole thing and like you know really dive deep into my feelings as i was developing it check out scarlet-ivy.com check out my soundcloud as well i release a bunch of um, side projects and things that i'm not able to put on spotify because i don't necessarily own the entire parts of the song so check that out for some side things as well this has been lauren thomas chatting with the wonderfully powerful and innovative musician nana that's all lowercase N-A-N-A -N -A, with a period at the end of his name. 
Thank you so much for tuning into the scramble. And Nana, thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Good bunch of questions. And we covered a lot. Hope everyone has a nice day. I love you all. And thank you. Just thank you. The Scramble is a Queen's Journal podcast. This episode was produced by Lauren Thomas. Special thanks to the video team, Nathan Carter and Leah Smithson. All music showcased in this podcast belongs to the artist Nana and can be found on his website, scarlet-ivy.com. Be sure to check out Nana's full journal session performance on QJ's Instagram, Facebook, and at queensjournal.ca.